Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Pingdom and Backblaze. I'm Simone DeRochefort. I'm a video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress in Massachusetts, and Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate for Microsoft, currently on her fifth world tour this year, <laughs> uh, coming to you from Dubai. No joke. Coming to you coming to you literally from Dubai, like literally from Dubai is where I am right now. Did and you read that piece this week about uh, the value of nemesis, like having nemesises? Because you're my nemesis. It's freezing <laughs> in Boston. And you show this picture, you're like, hey, look at me, I'm on a jet ski in Dubai. Yeah, I've never thought this in my life, but I was like, F Christina Warren. <laughs> I'm freezing here. I'm freezing. It's not fair. And that's why you're so tired. I, yes, this is why I'm so tired because it is five o'clock in the morning <laughs> as I record this. And but you guys, I was in Amsterdam last week, and so it was pretty cold in Amsterdam. And now um, I'm in Dubai and I'm jet skiing. So life is weird. Is there a point where your like your your body just gives up and you don't know what time it is and you just can't sleep? Is that like yes? I don't. Yes. Okay. Good. Good to know. Uh, well, let's make Christina use her beautiful brain to talk about all the tech news of this week. And there was a lot of it. Yeah, there is. Because as as everyone probably knows, the Apple event happened on Monday. Um, and I probably owe some people some money for being wrong about them announcing the, uh, the charger. Um, and Europe also is getting in on the news this week. Uh, the European Parliament had a really crucial vote on the internet with some articles that we'll be discussing that are less than ideal that got passed. And Ugh. the biggest news of the week that we will be discussing at the end of the show, which is where we always, as you know, put our biggest news, um, was a story about the Spice Girls, which I won't <laughs> ruin for you now. But suffice it to say, you you book off an extra hour of your time, my friend. Because that's how long it's going to take us to get through it. <laughs> Just like Mel B and Jerry. <laughs> Booked off an hour of their time. Bree, I'm coming up to Boston tomorrow and I'm going <laughs> to slap you for that one. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Yeah. No. Yeah. Got to get with my friends. All right. Let's calm down. <laughs> calm down. Let's talk about this Apple event. So Apple had their keynote. This one was all about... Uh, the new payment services and new content delivery systems. They talked about Apple News Plus. They talked about um, the new, some of the new shows, the star-studded shows that they're bringing to their streaming service. Uh, they talked about Arcade, uh, Apple Arcade, uh, which will have exclusive games. And the new Apple credit card that I can guarantee, Christina, are you going to do it? <laughs> I don't see, I don't know, to be totally honest. I, it's not overly compelling to me, but we'll talk about it. All right. Well, should we start with that since I think it, I mean, that's yes. not Let's really in our the wheelhouse. Apple credit that card. can be a fast Okay. One. Yes. I'm not going to tell you I have like some grand like self-control on this, but I can guarantee I will not be getting the Apple credit card unless it's something like where I have it and so many people use it as just a more convenient way to buy things uh, because of the cybersecurity. But the interest rate on it is terrible. Exactly. It's yes. what? It's, it's 13 to 26 percent. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and wow. just, yeah, uh, look, we're not the kind of show that comes out week after week and says BS, like Apple is doomed. But I just want to point out, if you look at Sony right now, their two profitable divisions are not laptop computers or household devices. It is PlayStation, which is a small percentage, and it's financial services, meaning the Sony credit card. So when Apple starts going down this path, I have concerns. Well, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I'm with you in, in terms of, I know that financial services are really profitable and that that's an interesting direction. I guess for me, the bigger thing is, I just don't think it's that compelling of a card. I don't feel right. like it's a bad card. But other than looking cool, everybody's like, oh, you're totally getting this card, right? And I'm like, I don't know because I have better cards through Chase and American Express. Right. So, like, 
the fact that it doesn't have my name on that it doesn't have the card number on it is cool, but it's as a cashback card, it's not actually that compelling. And I don't do most of my purchases through Apple Pay, if I'm honest. Right. Like I wish that I could do all of them through Apple Pay, but I can't. And even the ones that I can, I can use my American Express or my other MasterCard. Mm-hmm. So I you think know, I don't see the massive value. For me, it doesn't necessarily signal that they're they're trying to like well, of course they're trying to bolster up their own finances. This could be hugely lucrative for them. For me, it doesn't signal like any kind of doom from them, but it does give me pause uh as I consider myself as being part of the Apple ecosystem and putting a putting like a financial stake in that beyond just using the devices like as a service this seems like something that can really get its its claws into you like when you have a credit card you know you 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 don't shut those things off cuz that's bad for your credit uh i wouldn't want to be so embedded in apple and so invested in apple as an entity that i would want like this this kind of this financial tie to it yeah. if that makes sense I and I agree with that. And I think it's a it's a weird fit, right? Because when Apple came out and we kind of moved away from the two-year contract and you know, you basically started buying the phone up front and doing payments on it, it was like, okay, I can understand Apple getting into this space. It's kind of gross and it's weird because like Apple should bring you joy. It should be products, right? It should not be financial services. But I understand in this in this weird case how that makes sense. Like credit card companies, is there anyone out there that truly loves their credit card company? <laughs> I mean, it's it's this kind of it's a it's not something you have a positive relationship with. So that Apple, is very interesting. Yeah. You raise a very interesting point because it it is obviously a tech product, but it also positions itself as being like very lifestyle. Like it, it is part of your status. It's part of your lifestyle, and a credit card to me, like you said, still feels like very clinical, very um, servicey, but re- di- completely divorced from my humanity. Yes, except I will say, if you've ever had a, a, most of us have had bad relationships or bad experiences with our credit card company, trying to get a car, a, a charge reverse, trying to get something, you know, worked out. Um, I've had many good experiences with both Chase and American Express. Um, my mom has too, and this is actually how I learned this, but, but I've had very good experiences with American Express. Um, and to the point where like I'm loyal to them in a way that I'm not loyal to other financial services things mm-hmm. to the point, you know what I mean? And and this is an area where I'm actually not convinced. Like if you'd asked me 10 years ago, would an Apple, you know, operated credit card, would would they, their customer service, would all that stuff be better than the rest of, of uh, the companies? I'd be like, yes, it would be. I'm not so convinced of that in this case. And mm-hmm. so for me, like, like, like to, to your point, you, mo- most people don't love their credit card company. If it's it to me, this would as much as as the interest rate, as much as the other features, would be like, okay, how are they going to be when something goes wrong? What are they going to do when I'm stranded someplace and I have to reschedule something or I have to claim, you know, what, what what's what's their insurance on stolen yeah. goods? What's their, uh, you know, what I mean? What what are those policies? How how am I dealing with that stuff? I think, yeah, that's something we'll all have to wait and and see as this rolls out. Let's move on to talking about Apple News Plus, which is another of the big stories which is coming texture. out of the Apple event. Yeah, it's, it's texture. texture. Which is texture. It's texture. But now we've seen sort of what, what they're offering, which is quote-unquote 300 magazines, um, as well as select news services in, you know, the, the texture presentation, which is very, very iPad favoring. Um, And they've confirmed, I believe, that it is 50% revenue split Apple. And then the publications will get revenue based on view time, basically, how how many people view their articles. And what I've read about this on Neiman Lab uh, and on other sources says that it is, when they say magazines, 
it is very much not like, ah, yes, I'm reading an article on Vanity Fair. I'm reading Vanity Fair. No, it's an issue of a monthly Mm -hmm. magazine as a complete produced package, which is obviously something that magazines have been doing since the dawn of magazines. And that's very important to have a, a beautiful package product. But it's also very different, I think, from how people consume news as a product. Yes. And I would also say it's very different from the way that Apple News has existed, where you don't just go to a publication. You can, and you can get kind of, you can go to CNN or The Verge or, or, or whoever and kind of see an overview of what, you know, articles they've put forth. But in general, how it is, is it's sort of a river of news where you see different stories coming in and topics that you want and you click on them and you go through that process. Whereas this is very much, so so um, to, to give um, listeners some context, uh, Texture was this kind of Netflix for magazine service that Apple acquired last year. It used to be known as Next Issue and it was a joint venture between Condé Nast, Hearst, uh, Meredith, and... Uh, one of the other big magazine um, uh, publishers. And the idea was to basically create a subscription service where you would get access to a ton of magazines for one monthly uh, fee. And then they would provide them to you in like a PDF format that you could read on your iPad or or your your Android tablet or whatever. Um, it, It was not a terrible idea, but the implementation was, in my opinion, never perfect. And it was also kind of weird in the sense that if, for instance, I subscribe to Vanity Fair through Apple's newsstand, um, you know, through Apple subscription, through iTunes, they have an iPhone app and and an iPad app, and I can read all the issues in that format and in that layout. But I can also link that account to a VanityFair.com account. And then when I'm logged into the website, on my computer, I can read any of the online exclusive articles that they have behind a paywall. The same goes for Wire. The same goes for for, for um, uh, the New Yorker, um, and uh, the same will work, you know, for things like for other places like the Atlantic or or New York Magazine. The way that the texture thing works, and the way that Apple News Plus works, at least right now, is you only get the magazine content. Now, this could change. Their, their, their agreement with, with New York uh, uh, Magazine could mean that, that you could also get the content from The Cut and, and Vulture um, and um, uh, the other property that I, uh, Grub Street. But, um, I, but because, like you said, you, you kind of don't see it, uh, it, it's not separated super well. It's not easy to, to, to access that. Moreover, if I if I want to access, you know, on my computer, an article from the New Yorker, my texture or in this case Apple News Plus login is not going to give me access to that. So if I want to get behind that paywall, I still have to be a New Yorker subscriber through Condé Nast or through their in-app, you know, uh, subscription thing in iTunes. Yeah, it was saying in the the Neiman Labs piece, he the the reporter tried to find basically the LA Times articles in Apple News Plus and the latest one had been published 15 hours ago which is obviously not the frequency which with with which a uh <laughs> right a place like the LA Times publishes articles I mean I would pay literally any amount of money to be able to read uh, articles in my Twitter news feed without being asked to sign to the New York Times and the Boston Globe and all these other magazines yeah. and uh, newspapers I subscribe to constantly. I cannot keep doing that. It's the worst. Um, totally. as, as far as the implementation here, I, gosh, I mean, I, Christina, please tell me if I'm being unfair here. I... I really felt like parts of this Apple press conference were misleading. I mean, we mentioned the credit card thing where they're like, you know, here are the rates. And then with the Wall Street Journal, they bring mm-hmm. out the Wall Street Journal and I'm watching it live. Yep. And they're like, and we've got the Wall Street Journal. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, I pay $30 a month for the Wall Street Journal. Totally. The most of anything I subscribe to by Absolutely. far. This it's is so great. expensive. I can do and this. And it's worth I can it. Move yeah. over. It's worth it. And wow, why would they do that? And then you go to find out <laughs> it's just like it's featured articles. 
Which is, I'm not going to lie, there's never been an article that I didn't want to read in the Wall Street Journal that wasn't in the Apple News section already. So, like, maybe I can get away with just doing it that way. But, like, kind of misleading, I felt. Yeah, I would love to get a breakdown of, like, I would love to kind of see over a month or so, like, what's appearing in Apple News Plus versus all the stuff that's on, on the journal itself. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And and um yeah, no, I mean, I, the Wall Street Journal is one of the most expensive publications um out there and but but you know, they have always had a paywall and it, sometimes it's been more porous than others. Media media are It's super not porous um, right now, believe you me. No, it's not. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know down because on I my, my anonymous window media, trick. Media. No, I I know, I know, um, but this is my point. And so it it's interesting that, like you said, it, it almost felt like a, I don't want to say bait and switch because I don't, but at the same time, it kind of felt like a bait and switch. It's like, oh, the Wall Street Journal is here. And then you read the fine print and it's like articles that we select and curate, which look, that could be exactly what you want, right? And in most cases that might be fine. But to your earlier point, Brie, that does also mean that when I'm on Twitter and I see something, if I click on it, you know, I'm still not going to be able to read it unless I log into my journal mm-hmm. account. Um, or I then like track down Apple News and try to use their weird search feature if I can use it <laughs> or, you know, to try to find the publications. Like, I think to me, the biggest issue that I have with with um, uh, Apple News Plus right now, I haven't signed up for the trial, um, which surprises even me. Because the interface is really buggy, and I've had it crash my iPad oh, um, more same, than once. Same, and, it's not just and so, Yep. And so it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm giving this a couple of weeks because I'm not like, I, I, I want to actually, you know, figure out if this is worth a $10 a month investment. Because even though I subscribe to everything, when I look at how much I spend on stuff, another $10 a month, you know, you you gotta you gotta actually prove that that I'm gonna I, I need to actually get some proof that I'm gonna actually use this more than yeah. just you know what's already um, in their system. So here's what is concerning to me about this Wall Street Journal thing specifically is that the Wall Street Journal has come out and said that they will be hiring new reporters to create content specifically to fulfill Apple News's needs. What? And to oh. me, that sounds like. A Facebook situation all over again. Yeah, where, that sounds like I was gonna say that sounds like Facebook Live all over again. Uh, yeah, and, and re- if you're reporting for the Wall Street Journal, you're not getting paid peanuts. No, that it's expensive. <laughs> if you're gonna be selling the Wall Street Journal on Apple Apple News, like let's be honest, you want to read Joanna Stern, <laughs> and you know you want to read like the the tech reporters. That's all you want. If they're gonna like pitch me some side content, it's like I I would have to say I would feel tricked if I were to go spend ten dollars a month on that. That is that is a suboptimal situation. It, if yeah, that is what it ends up being ten dollars yeah. a month. going to Apple, 50% going to Wall Street Journal based on page views. How is this justifying hiring, and I will quote, several dozen people, including reporters in politics, U.S. news, and features, as well as editors? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, the only thing I can think is that they are they are they are assuming that it's a volume game that they're going to get such a huge volume of readers that it will subscribers that will pay off. But I'm with you. Like that I that doesn't seem safe. I mean, to me, I I'm with you. I I would be, you know, I mean, look, I'm not going to tell anybody not to take a job or 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 to go after a job. I'm not going to say that, but I would be like, you know, like keeping one eye open. Yeah. If if that's the case, I would say this, like to me it would make sense if they were hiring several dozen people to prepare content to look good in the service yes. and and to format it correctly. Like that would make sense. But when you're talking about hiring reporters specifically for this, that's when I'm like, okay, then what are you doing to your brand? What are you diluting down? Because, you know, I can't I see- I mean, to be honest, and I, I know we have to move on, but that's another concern for me is these articles need to be formatted properly for this platform specifically. Like it's yes. another, you know, Google AMP situation, another what was Facebook instant article uh-huh. situation. Yep. And that eh, I have mixed feelings about it. Let us talk about Apple TV. 
I, can we talk about Apple Apple Arcade to go to a positive story? Oh, yeah, that would make sure. me so happy. <laughs> like I want to say something positive. This is this is the one part of the Apple uh, event that I'm really psyched about. Like the the problem in the App Store forever has been if you have independent developers it's nearly impossible to make money in the app store without uh, mm-hmm. basically in-app purchases. Like that's the kind of game because people want the content for free and, you know, they're very hesitant to pay and, you know, develop, developing games is expensive it's, if it's a substantial game. So, um, you know, this is a product you pay, what is it? Is it $10 a month for it? And you have access. They haven't announced, the, they okay. haven't announced the price. They haven't announced pricing, but you'll get access to all these top tier games. I do want to say, and, you know, all respect to Apple, like they always treated me very fairly when I worked with them. But it, it has always struck me that when you look at Apple keynotes, they primarily only work with male game developers and shops at like or overwhelmingly male. Uh, yeah, Chair and Infinity Blade would be a really good example of that. So um, if you have Apple being in a publisher position, um, it does give me pause. I mean, um, yeah, they found they've created good things like Monument Valley and Infinity Blade, but there's also a whole big sea of average in the mm-hmm. App Store. So this this makes me excited because I think the people that are able to work out content deals with Apple, I think it's going to be a very very good situation, far better than it is for game developers that work with Sony or uh, you know even indie developers that work with Microsoft. I think it's going to be a good situation, and I think it's going to be good for uh, consumers more than anything. Like, there's no reason games on iOS cannot be excellent. It's just the right. the, the the economic the, the, the profit motive. It. Yeah, it, it yeah, really turns yeah. everything upside down. So, yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, and and what I'm kind of hoping too is that what this might help do is recondition consumers away from the in-app purchase model and kind of the gambling model of games and go back into this, you buy it, you get access to everything, you play it, you love it, you know, model, which is weird to say in a subscription, but the way the subscription is being done is it's saying there's no in-app purchase, everything's unlocked, you can play it offline, you have this game. That's really compelling, and that's a much better scenario. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not a parent, I'm, I, and I'm not going to be a parent, but I would think that if I were one, this would be the sort of thing that I would be, like, excited about to, like, you know, get for my kids who are always on, you know, their their iPhone um, playing games versus, you know, something um, where I, I'm worried about them, you know, at me, like, you know, getting access to my, my credit card. Accidentally you know. spending $500 in Candy Crush or something. Exactly. Yeah, I have. I I am very invested in seeing how it turns out because I do think free to play has it. It has become such a standard for mobile games, and I think people are very tired of it and kind of uh, resentful of that method of of payment. Mostly because of people who have of bad actors who have you know created very stunted titles that should, are built just to take advantage of that and not to be, you know, good games in their own right. Um, yeah. So I would love to see a different model succeed. And I I hope that this could be that. I hope that the developers succeed under this model. Before we move on, can I say one more thing about this? Please do. Uh, the, the lowest common denominator problem with App Store games is why we rarely have truly breathtaking games on iOS. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Apple ships this amazing 3D hardware that's gotten very good. When I first started developing for Apple, you didn't have things like SceneKit. You have that nowadays, like really like increasingly strong 3D frameworks and APIs. You have Metal. Um, And what I think is very frustrating for me as a, a gamer is when I'm on an Apple device, there really are not games that truly push it forward. From my perspective as a 3D graphical expert, I would say the game that has most pushed Apple hardware to its limit was Infinity Blade 3 when it came out. That was truly stunning with the particle effects and the lighting. We're not really seeing games that showcase all this beautiful work that Apple is doing because there's no incentive there. 
Mm-hmm. There's no incentive to go make a game that really pushes it to the max because it's very expensive to develop a game like that. And the the mechanics like reward this Zenga fun pain yeah. like game design, right? So what I'm really excited about with this is not only do I think it's going to allow good game design to get back into the Apple store, I think like Apple is going to be willing to pay that money to a publisher to really make products that are going to make like show off what an iPhone can do. Like I want Mm -hmm. something in my pocket that is going to rival my PS4. And there's no reason that can't happen with modern Apple hardware. So I'm, I'm excited about this. If you can't tell. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. How do you feel about TV? Uh, Christina. (laughs) Actually, hang on. Kip, before we go into TV, I just realized we're 26 minutes into this episode. So I should tell you that this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Woo! We can probably all hold our hands up and admit I'm holding my hand up right now. It's my left hand because I'm scrolling with my right. Cybercrime is something we think happens to other people. Unless you listen to this show and then you know... It could happen to you. <laughs> but also mostly it happens to everyone that we talk about. What cyber Cybercrime is something that happens to people that are talked about on Rocket, on Relay FM. But it could also happen to you. I mean, you think who, who would want your data? Bad news. Everyone wants your freaking data. Stealing data from people like you and me using public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, your passwords and credit card numbers are vulnerable. But there is something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals. Start using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your device. And when I say device, that could mean your computer. Your laptop. I can mean your phone. It's great. You can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click, and then you're free. You are running through a beautiful field of data security, safely surfing on a beautiful blue sea of public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, we often use as a source on this show, and it even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I personally have ExpressVPN installed on my laptop now and also on my phone, and it truly is just one click. It was very easy to set up uh, through email and everything, and once it was installed, it was just like, oh, boom, it's on. No dealing with, like, find, like, uh, no, no complexity I'm not about that when I, that's, I think my number one friction point with VPNs is just like, ah, figuring out how to use this new app. And with this one, that didn't happen for me. That's awesome. And I've like having a VPN, um, I've been in airports a ton and in other countries and yeah, there's like free Wi-Fi everywhere and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then like, you'll read the fine print and in the, in the airport, like Wi-Fi, it'll be like, yeah, so this this is not an encrypted connection. This is this is public and whatnot. And you're like, okay, do not do anything in the KLM lounge that you don't want everyone to know about, <laughs> you know, or whatnot, unless you have a VPN service like ExpressVPN and then go nuts. You can go nuts. You too, friends, can go nuts. For less than $7 a month, you can go nuts and get the same ExpressVPN protection that <laughs> is used by me, a person who is burping on her podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys from getting your data, you need ExpressVPN. And you can go to expressvpn.com slash rocket to learn more. Start protecting your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash rocket. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash rocket for three months free with a one-year package. Thank you so much, ExpressVPN, for your support of Rocket and all of Relay FM. I just tried to cybercrime you and failed, Simone. That's right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. I'm calling the police right now. Oh, no. They're on their way, but let's finish the (laughs) podcast before you get arrested. (laughs) Apple TV. 
First of all, <gasps> guess what? Uh, They're making it an app. It's going to be on Roku and Fire TV and Samsung, LG, Vizio, and Sony TVs. Boom. Good idea. I th- I, I'm I gathering like that idea. what you're not yeah. excited about is the content. Well, I don't know really what the content is because this was the weirdest event. Uh, Dieter uh, Bone over at The Verge like did an article and a video called This Apple Event Was Weird, and he was right. Yep. Yep. Because part of this seemed like, and, and look, to give some context, I've been to more upfront presentations for networks and streaming services than I can count, okay? And so how an upfront presentation works is that it's basically a big, um, uh, like, just like razzle-dazzle for advertisers where they show previews of upcoming shows that are going to be on the network the next year. In the next year, um, the stars come out and say a few things. Everybody gets really excited. You see trailers and, and you walk away wanting to watch the shows, and if you're an advertiser, wanting to advertise on the shows. So part of this felt like it was an upfront presentation, except they didn't have the preview part. They just had people with images talking about stuff. So it was it like, is, it was like it was a Luke. So weird. Sorry, go on. Yes. No, yes. I'm sorry. You're so, so right. I had completely pushed this part out of my brain and was just thinking about what they promised would be on there. But yeah, we sat through a long presentation where people kept coming out and talking about their shows and not showing any footage of those shows. That's weird. Yeah. It is weird because I will say this, even, even, on, on any of anybody else's upfront that I've seen, even if they don't have the, the, the footage to show, they'll have some sort of video thing that will be, give you some sort of like, I guess, like, like the atmosphere of the show, you know, you'll have some sort of animation, some sort of something that gets you stoked and says, who's all around it. Like when, when JJ Abrams did his Hulu show uh, and JJ Abrams was on stage at the Apple thing, you know, I, from what, from what I remember, there wasn't, um, a, um, a lot of like actual footage, but people saw it and it was clear. It was like, oh, so this is going to be their version of, of Stranger Things. Got it. But, but, you know, in this case, we don't see anything except them talking about the things and showing their pictures and that's it. So like, to me, people were asking, what's the point of this event? Well, it felt like they were trying to do a backdoor upfront to try to get, you know, other content providers excited and get people to sign on to agree to, you know, to, uh, you know, um, maybe carry their app on their platforms. But like, you got to show us the content. Like, you got to show yep. me something if you want it, it, both if you want me to be a subscriber, but also if, if, if I'm a company who's wanting to maybe look at, at uh, you know, putting this app on my platform the same way that I have Roku and, you know, and, and, and Samsung and Amazon and Netflix and all those things. Like, if you want to be listed as a first-class citizen alongside Netflix and Amazon, then you've got to do the, the upfronts the way they do those upfronts. And they do them very well. Like, like Hulu's upfront is every bit as good as, as CBS's. And... This was not, and I don't want to say that the shows are, are going to be bad because I have no idea. All I know is that they opened up a dump truck of money and gave them to a lot of um, well-known you know, celebrities and content creators. Now, that could end up being very good if those shows that they create are good, or it could end up not good. We've seen this work out both ways in the past with, with, with uh, video content. Um, merely having good creators doesn't mean, or or high profile names doesn't mean anything. It depends on 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 a lot of other factors. That is very true. It it is it is certain that Apple's cachet and reputation and om, om, omnipresence has attracted some huge huge names. Like Oprah, I, Oprah was the person I believe who said they're in a billion pockets. Of course, I'm going to make stuff for them. Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, um, Jason Momoa, Alfred Woodard, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston. Um, Yes, huge, huge names. But like you said, they want to be on a device that is omnipresent. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be doing something as amazing as Big Little Lies on HBO. No, (laughs) no, it doesn't. I mean, no, what it means is they got paid a lot of money. Like, yeah. let's also be clear, they were they were paid a 
tremendous amount of money mm-hmm. because right now is the golden age of content where you have companies like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and HBO to a lesser extent willing to literally, you know, like pull up- Throw money like at creators the, the, to make the, stuff. Brie, what were right, you going to say? And, and Apple's in that thing. Sorry, Brie, go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say, um, yeah, I have a friend of mine who is part of uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, deal on with Apple TV. Like he owns the license that Spielberg is developing for Apple TV content. And I wish him all the success in the world. It's a really fantastic property, but I also think it would be fair to say this is an IP that is generally something older people would be enthusiastic mm-hmm. about. Um, what I really worry about, it's kind of the same problem as the credit card thing, right? Like it's kind of a, a weird space for Apple to be in. And it, for me, it's like when I think about TV that's really, 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 really good, uh, like Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones was yep. a story... I've never seen before in a huge risk to do that with the Marvel license. And you know, like them doing a hardcore show about sexual assault. Do you think like Netflix needs to worry? Oh, this could hurt our brand. Like I'm trying to, or or think about this, like uh, Homeland on Showtime season two, Mm -hmm. there's this heartbreaking scene where Carrie can't get back into the CIA. And there's this, crushing scene where like she tries to commit suicide by drinking and taking a bunch of pills. I'm trying to imagine if a scene like that was on an Apple thing. You would have, oh, Apple is promoting suicide. I'm never going to buy an Apple product again. How dare you say this? Oh, this is racist. Oh, this is this. And I I think what's going to happen is because Apple is a brand that isn't a creative brand as much as it's it's I think about when you go into the stores and it's like, do you know what I mean? Like multiracial, everyone sterile and beautiful. I really wonder how much creative freedom they'll truly have. I mean, do you expect Oprah Winfrey to really push the envelope and make TV that you're really going to care about? I, I can't. And I, I realize I'm being negative today, and I'm sorry because I always root for Apple to win, but I just, I, I, I have very little as positive for this, you know? No, I mean, I think it's a fair question. And, and there have already been very good reports coming out of people. And I've been hearing these things too, because even though I'm out of the game, I'm not, I still talk to people where there are conflicts. This has been the issue from the beginning is, is how much creative control will Apple exert over these shows. And the thing is, is that you can get creators on board for the first round, you know, the money will do it. But if they feel like they're being stifled and they can't tell the stories they want to tell, they won't continue to work with you. So that ends up, you know, being as like, okay, you can only have these big names for so long. And like, and to your point, if the shows aren't compelling, and they might be, like it's, maybe it's possible to make compelling and really good content that is family-friendly and um, that, that won't kind of push those envelopes in those ways. The problem is, is that, as you said, there's a lot of really good content out there. And there are other outlets that are pushing the boundaries of what TV is. Like, I would be, okay, let's take Big Little Lies as an example. I don't know if that show would be on an Apple platform. Well, it couldn't, because it goes against some of the rules that they've talked about so far, like no swearing and I forget what else. Right. Right, uh, that's my point. It, that that's my point. And what I'm saying is like I think like Big Little Lies, which was originally supposed to be like a one se- a one a one season kind of miniseries thing and it's going to come back for for a second thing mm-hmm. was fantastic with some of the best TV out there and like really kind of um uh tripled down on the fact that like Reese Witherspoon is a boss of of a producer, right? Like she like, you know, found that property and like she and Nicole Kidman uh, developed yeah. it and like you know, went to David E. Kelly and like got it on HBO. But like, if that's, if we know she can do that kind of content. If she's not going to be able to do that sort of content on Apple, it's like, what's the point, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's as a viewer, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure that the originals are going to be must see in the same way that. Yeah. And I want to, I want to clear, I want to definitely say that I don't think swearing makes a show good or whatever but there are certain 
sterilized restrictions that Apple has put on their content, certainly. And in this age where we can find complex, nuanced, interesting, intense television um, telling stories for adults on like so many, so many platforms it's it's really hard to imagine like we are at saturation right now it's happened and i'm not sure what it is about what apple is offering that's going to make it compelling compared to like you said hbo even compared to netflix which is just like the dumping ground of content i love it i'm in it yeah i mean maybe they will maybe and, maybe they you know, will maybe they i will. i i also think it's worth saying like there was a large component of kids programming for this and i do think there should be like you know one of the unfortunate effects of pbs being defunded in sesame yep. street going over to hbo is there's less of a um yeah, there's less of a friendly space for kids. And I, I realize that's not a challenge the three of us have, but that's that's a need that's out there. And, You're not, and so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and certainly they could find good news content. But, um, you know, is this something I'm going to sign up for? Yeah. Maybe that's what I want from this is for it to be an alternative to something like YouTube where kids... There's a lot of content for kids, but there's also a lot of horrible traps for children. Um, but then again, like not every parent is plonking down however much for Apple TV when YouTube is free and there's other options for children's television. Yeah, that that's the one thing, too, that kind of bothers me about this is we don't have a release date except fall. We don't have a price. Um, and and that and, and like that's not great. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, I'm hoping that the reason we don't have prices on these things is they're just going to do one giant Apple bundle and be like, for this much money, you get access to everything. And then I'll, and then I'll be like, okay, cool, I'm in, because I'm getting my yeah. Apple Music and my iCloud and my, you know, Apple TV cool. Plus and my Apple News Plus. Like, that would be amazing, right? Just, just give me a round amount so I can just tell you how much money you can take out of my bank account or my Apple credit card every month. Yeah, as Apple grows as a service provider, I think that's going to be very important. Shall we move on to the European yeah. Parliament? Yes. Before yes. we yes. do, let me tell you that this episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Pingdom. Whilst you've been listening to this wonderful podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that Buy Now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck. Ha! Fools trust in luck. That's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site. And, more importantly, when it's not running smoothly on your site, you need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. And they're smart, too. They'll get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it. Maybe that's one person. Maybe it is your whole team. Emergency sirens, folks. They're gonna know. Pingdom is dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. All Pingdom needs is your URL, and they take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last person on the planet to know about your site breaking. Start monitoring it today. You can go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get a awesome 30% off your first invoice. That is again, P-I-N-G-D-O-M dot com slash Relay FM and the offer code ROCKET. Thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of this show and Relay FM. Whew. My, my lips are dry. My lips are so dry. <laughs> I can't make a metaphor for that that relates to the European internet nonsense. <laughs> you could if you tried. You could if you you, you really tried. Uh, Dig deep. My lips are dry. 
just like the internet when all the content content <laughs> goes, goes down away. the drain. <laughs> so there we go. Done. <laughs> the European so. Parliament uh, passed today some legislation regarding the internet. Um, and within that legislation were two articles that we're going to talk about today, Article 11 and Article 13. And these both relate to, uh, one of them relates to copyright and the other, well, they both relate to copyright. One uh, decree or says that publishers can charge platforms like Google News when snippets of news stories are displayed in Google, uh, which is something that Spain had already done, which caused Google News to pull out of Spain. Um, in the other, Article 13 uh, gives websites that host content more responsibility to stop copyright infringement from happening on those platforms. They, they basically, Europe wants uh, more enforcement on issues like that. And there have been a lot of opponents to these because they are both ridiculous <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, but, oh my God, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm just glad that with all the problems in the world today, including uh, cybersecurity, information warfare, identity theft, uh, you know, like radicalization of people online, organized hate. I'm glad with all of that that Paul McCartney's record royalties will be safe thanks to the EU. So what I, I think regarding Article 13, what really concerns me so much about this is that, you know, on the surface... Obviously, copyright is important. It can help people protect their IPs, especially when it's small creators. That's super important. What concerns me is that if there is an, a video or something that, say, goes up on YouTube about a certain topic, if a large company files a copyright claim and the creator doesn't, if they're, they have complete, they're completely in the right with fair use and everything with that content, if they have to go through some kind of complicated legal procedure to push back against that and keep their content up. Um, it really, I think it creates a situation where powerful publishers can abuse that system, which is really unfortunate. Which they're already doing on YouTube. I get copyright notices all the time on some of um, the videos from our, our um, uh, conferences that we, you know, put up on our YouTube channel where we've cleared their like royalty free kind of like like music or their licensed music things. And but it's not like it's not like, you know, music that you hear on the radio. And like we already have the license for it. And then I'm getting these content ID things and then I have to go through and like get the paperwork to show that we have this and and go through the process, but these are just companies that just automate, you know, that mm-hmm. process already. I got I got a weird DMCA takedown for a tweet that I sent a year and a half ago that um, was a was just a video that somebody had created um, uh, for uh, for some work that we were doing, kind of a preview of, of an episode of a show we were doing, and I guess it used like the baseline of a Niall Horan song, and. Um, like his record label like it was slow hands I'm guessing it was just like the baseline it wasn't even like the lyrics or anything and a year and a half later like you know I get this tweet that basically is like oh you have to take this down because this is violating or we've taken this tweet down and if and if you want to you you want to argue with this you can and I'm like okay well maybe I would but I don't remember what what the music in the video was and you know then it's been deleted and so I can't even view it and I'm like all right I I don't care it's mm-hmm. a, a tweet from a year and a half ago but like this is going to take it to a much deeper level where potentially every you know country in the EU can pass their own rules I don't know how, how how is this ever going to be enforced other know. than just basically like forcing companies to build systems that won't let anybody upload anything. Like I like I don't know how this was passed. Well, you want to know how it was passed, actually. Uh there were a couple members of parliament that said they accidentally pushed it through without debating over these amendments. And after the fact, we're like, we pressed the wrong button. Actually, we wanted to debate these and talk about taking them out or changing them, but they can't. <laughs> it's done. Oh, God. <laughs> Doesn't that make you want to scream? It's great. It's great. Now, it seems very similar to GDPR, right? Like, you've got this legislation that comes through. 
the the point of that was you know, for for privacy, right? We all want that. We all want stronger standards around who collects data on you and how it's sold to people. But this policy is not very well thought through and it inadvertently ends up cementing monopolies in place. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar to that. Like these are what I think is so frustrating is here in the United States, a lot of the companies behind this are American. Like, we're the home of the tech industry for good and for bad. And because our Congress has abrogated its duty to basically provide oversight over this, the EU is having to step up, and they're passing terrible legislation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this is bad. GDPR, it's 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 well-intentioned. It's better than this, but it's still flawed. And this is just, the stakes are too high mm-hmm. to have politicians cocking it up like this. Yeah, and when it comes to copyright, uh, it can, it's so broken, I think, as a tool. Uh, did you guys follow what happened with Miel Bredo and Barstool Sports yes. on Twitter? Yes. 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 Guys, oh my God. I'll summarize briefly for listeners. Basically, a comedian had uploaded a video video of her doing a song parody like years ago. Barstool Sports, large, horrible, crabby organization, terrible. Uh, Somebody had submitted the video to them or something and they reposted it. And she said, hey, take this down or credit me. They didn't. She filed a copyright claim. And they, because of how copyright works, were able to come back and say, um, please do like... If you really, really want to, uh, sorry, they went to Twitter and said, we think it's fine to post this. And if she wants to keep this copyright claim, she can go get a court order or something, which is definitely possible. Like it's within the realm of possibility. But again, if you're a small content creator, this is time and time is money and you're getting legal systems involved. And at a certain point, it feels like okay, it's just not worth it. I'm just going to let them steal the content. So the copyright isn't even working to protect the people that it should be protecting, which is small creators and not Paul McCartney. <laughs> right. And, and 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 Paul McCartney is it like, you know, they like I said, they have these content, uh, you know, ID systems in a lot of ways that will automatically flag a lot of this stuff um, on, on a lot of platforms anyway that work remarkably well like Paul McCartney I'm sure is using all those things but yet you know they want to get they want to wring every dime out of anything that's out there and I can appreciate that I can also appreciate that like passing these laws isn't going to stop piracy yeah and people are still going to pirate your content and frankly somebody having part of a Beatles song or a wing song in the background of a user-generated video is like, can we be real and just admit that that's not like the most pressing copyright issue that that Paul McCartney is facing? Sorry like, to pick on Paul McCartney so much today, man. But I mean, look, I respect his music, but it's also like this is this is not a person that should be at the forefront of yeah. our tech policy. Sure, this is no. this is not a, a or super Lady Gaga, issue. For, or, or or to be clear, just just to bring a more contemporary example, because I'm sorry, I will drag her for this because she pretends to be like one of us and she's our age, and I'm sorry, Lady Gaga, this is BS. Like, mm-hmm. step down. Can we like, talk briefly about Article 11, uh, which is publishers charging Google News for displaying snippets of news stories? <laughs> this is a weird one. <laughs> Why this is weird? Yeah. Why? Uh, it's like this is good for you, actually. If somebody sees a snippet of your news story in, in in a search result thing, then maybe someone will click on it. Do you not realize that Google is a huge like driver of traffic to your website? I honestly just don't get this at all. I don't even know if I can talk about it. I know I brought it up. I don't know if I can talk about it. I don't understand the logic <laughs> behind it. I should have done whole more thing research. This just makes me angry. This whole thing just makes me angry. Well, do you want to talk about the something EFF that will make re- you happy? Yeah. Yes, please, yes. please talk Backblaze. about happy things. Surprise. This episode Yay. of Rocket is brought to you by Backblaze. Oh, oh before <laughs> you did the ad read, can I tell you, I, I had uh, one of the people uh, that worked at Backblaze came to my campaign party. What? He was such a nice person in his dream. He has met you, Simone. He's met me. His new dream is to meet Christina. So, Christina, oh, is you this should... Yev? 
I'll, I'll tell you after the show. Well, too bad. He okay. has to go to Dubai. Yep. Surprise, buddy. I hope you're ready to spend a lot of money on airplane tickets. This episode of Rocket. Hey, Backblaze. It's the unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. Have you ever had a horrible data disaster? Who wants to talk about a horrible data disaster that's happened to them? I, uh, I've accidentally, uh, oh, I've, I've had like, I've had hard drives that I was using for backup, like fall off of the table Oh, and in like the middle of a backup and then obviously die. Oh yeah. my God. Spontaneously combust. No more of this. You can sign up for a 15 day free trial with no credit card required at backblaze.com slash rocket. And you can use that free trial to back up things like documents, music, photos, drawings, videos, projects, everything that is important to you and that would be horrible for you to lose in some kind of computer disaster, such as your computer exploding, your backup hard drives exploding. Um, I don't, some kind of, online disaster backblaze has actually uh they've restored over 35 billion files which is a lot of saved projects assignments and family photo albums oh yeah premiere crashing that's something that could ruin (laughs) your life oh yeah totally oh my god they are loved and recommended by The Verge by Macworld by The Next Web by Lifehacker Lifewire 9to5Mac and more so avoid that looming data disaster on the horizon go to backblaze.com slash rockets for your unrestricted free trial and to let them know that you heard about them on rocket you got to use that url that is backblaze.com b-a-c-k-b-l-a-z-e.com slash rocket go there and now thank you backblaze for saving us from countless data disasters and for your support of this show and really fm Hey. Love Backblaze. Great news, everybody. Oh, this is so good. Melby, Scary Spice, went on yes. Piers Morgan this week. Of all the flipping shows in the world, <laughs> this this I know. butthole. Uh, anyway, goes on the show and he's asking her, so the rumors about you and Ginger Spice, Jerry Hallowell, there, was there a, a thing there? A bit of a fling. Don't listen to me. Just watch the clip. Um, and Mel B, our queen in heaven, Scary Spice, confirmed with raised eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of a thing. And then she uh, <laughs> walked it back by clarifying it was just a one-night stand that she had with <laughs> Ginger Spice at the height of... Spice Girls phenomena in the 90s. Meanwhile, Sporty Spice is in the audience, Mel Mel C, um, dying. Dying. Like she's dying. Like, like she's she's like literally wants to like fall into the floor and 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 die. And then apparently uh Mel B Scary Spice called Ginger to let her know or let her husband know this. I, I I just I just outed our uh, our fling um, on television. Uh, yes. The 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 reunion tour is still on, right? Let's have fun. It better <laughs> still be on. But they're driving ticket sales right now. I I want to see it now more than ever. To be totally honest, see that great sexual tension. This is so good. This is the most this important so news of the week, and I'm so it's so good because when I saw the headlines of like. Mel B clarifies what she meant on Piers Morgan show. I was like, oh no, it was taken out of context. She's gonna walk it back. And then it's like, it she's was like, just no, a it was just a one time stand. stand. We absolutely had sex. But you know, just, <laughs> but it was the just one once. time. And I'm like, no, that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> that's all I need. And it's like, and, and it, it's it's like I think you were the one or somebody was like that this was like every like like a uh, queer girl's like yeah. like fan fiction from like 1999 yeah. like is coming true it's it's pretty awesome I yeah mean, this, hey, is, this is it's great. 2019 i don't understand why she's embarrassed about this i mean 
I, I, it's, it's not a big deal. I think a lot of women go through this phase. Like you're figuring out what you like, like you know, totally, you, totally. You eat chocolate. You have a piece of coconut cake to see if you like coconut cake because that's the only way you know if you like coconut cake. That's all she was doing. She was, she was figuring some stuff out. And, and Mel B, she's actually bisexual. Yeah. So yeah, she is. She's and she's great. No, totally. It it is great. And like girl power, we all were like, like, look, I would be disappointed if none of the if like none of them had ever like hooked up together. But I just didn't think that we would get confirmation. Right. Like at right. least now. You know what I mean? Like it's like obviously you're like, okay, you're all really hot. Like, and I would put this for pretty much any band, regard regardless of like like a gender makeup, right? Like, if you spend that much time together, people are probably, you know, like getting it on. Like, it's just to what happens. But I just didn't think we get confirmation. It's so good. <laughs> I, I just want to know what my favorite Spice girl, uh, Posh Spice, who is not participating in the reunion, because, you know, <laughs> of course she, she's she have not. to. She sucks. Well, well, she's the best, but, like, she never sings. She, like she's, she, she's great, yeah. But, but like, you know, I want to know what, what her thought on this whole thing is, because to me, I, I can almost imagine her just, like, seeing this and being like, okay, and then just, like, you know, walking into the other room to call David Beckham to be like, yeah, so that's happening. Right. She is married to David Beckham. I mean, I just, she's yeah. got her own thing going on. I mean, I mean, which, which honestly I have to say like second, like hottest thing of this whole thing is like David Beckham and, and Posh Spice just thinking about that in the nineties. But this, this confirmation that the ginger and scary got it on is everything I ever needed in my life. I wonder if this was why Ginger left the group. Was there like weird <gasps> tension? Oh my God. She had unrequited yep. love. After one night with Mel B, she could not go back. And it that that makes it's a lot of sense. It's all clear to me now. Now we know. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Can we just be honest though and say like of all the 90s bands, like the Spice Girls were the gayest by, sure. by far. Oh, I mean, yeah. the lyrics and the videos and Spice World. And I mean, it's there. It was all in plain sight for everyone to see. Can't wait message. for their tour. All right. Let's talk about what we're doing this week. Christina, what are you up to? I am in Dubai, and so I am finishing up uh, Microsoft Ignite the tour in Dubai this week, um, and um, meeting with some great people, um, getting to see the Yay. world's tallest building, an amazing shopping mall. Where yes, I did buy a Gucci belt bag that I've wanted, and no one can make fun of me for it. It's freaking awesome. Um, the, the, but this shopping mall is like not a joke. Like it's literally every store, and then more stores. Like there's a store for everything. There's like, there's an official Apple store. There's a knockoff Apple store. There are three Nike stores that I've found so far. There's like, it's, there's a Bloomingdale's. There's like, it's, I cannot describe, there's a, there's an ice skating rink on the inside. There's an aquarium (sighs) on the inside. There's also a indoor skiing thing. Um, It's insane. Uh, Dubai is insane. Um, uh, highly recommend uh, Dubai for just the ridiculousness of the fact that this is existing in the middle of the desert. Um, and then I'm I'm going uh, and then I'm going home um, for a week. Um, yeah, so at least three days. Oh, I can't wait for you to be home, <laughs> Bree. What are you doing? Uh, so I can finally talk about this. My husband and I, we bought our very first house. I am freaking excited. It is, it is a house worthy of a congresswoman. Uh, it is, it is just absolutely gorgeous. And the woman that owns it, uh, she's like me, like she's obsessive compulsive and taking care of things. So when you buy a house, you like have the, the homeowner's report and it came back and there's like nothing wrong with that wow. whatsoever, which is really weird. Um, but no, I'm just, uh, like, I hope I can get a little emotional by saying this, but you know, my dad was in the the Navy growing up. So I, we moved around all the time and eventually moved to Mississippi. It never felt like home to me. And yeah, now for Frank and I to be building a home here in Massachusetts, it's, it's a big deal to me. Um, you know, like I know my neighbors here. I know I, I love this town 
And um, it's just, it's, it's kind of an adulting moment that I'm happy about. Yay. Yay. I'm so happy for you. I hope I you get guys to see it to come someday. Party. Oh, yeah. I yeah, was going to say, party yeah. There. Absolutely. That's I was right. going to say, yeah, I, I want to come for sure. It's big enough to have epic Nerf gun wars in the house. Yeah. So Amazing. And I know do, that so. you, that's what you and Frank will be doing on your first <laughs> so night totally. in your new do you home. Guys re- do you guys remember the, uh, the story came out of the active shooter drill where they were shooting like teachers with Nerf guns. Yeah, and I saw what the pictures the of that, and I'm like, "Oh, that's my Nerf nemesis!" Like that does oh really God. hurt when you get shot with that. That's so nuts. Yeah. This weird. week, I am going up to Boston. I'm going up tomorrow, Woo. and uh, Polygon Show, my other podcast, is having a panel at PAX on Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, but Yay. on Thursday. Uh, we are having a sort of very casual, unofficial meetup. Like, we haven't booked a private space or anything, but basically we are going to be at Committee, uh, the bar at 50 Northern Avenue in Boston. We're going to be there around 7-ish uh, till around 8.30-ish, just hanging out and having a couple drinks. And if you are in Boston for PAX, um, even if you're a fan of Rocket and not of the Polygon show, if you come by, you can say hi. Um, Rocket rules apply and do invoke the rocket rule uh because polygon show fans don't get free drinks rocket fans <laughs> do yeah so this will be the true test <laughs> but yeah um i don't know if i mean brie we were trying to organize something but we'll see if we get a chance to see each other you're free to come volunteer on brianna woo 2020 because wow. we're onboarding Suddenly interns I'm extremely tomorrow busy <laughs> <laughs> but I will, now what's your website again supportbrianna.com or brianna i would like Congress. everyone to go to supportbrianna.com <laughs> this is my endorsement of that url and going to it there i've done my work <laughs> good, good for you good for you simone <laughs> actually you i mean if you democracy have any... right now <laughs> yeah yeah okay folks uh let's let you go for the night and let christina go back to sleep if you like the show, please do review it on Apple Podcasts um, and share it with your friends so that they can enjoy it as well. We'll be back with you next week. Thank you, everyone. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 <laughs>